the James Suckling podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hello, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Listen, I wanted to talk to you about your, mainly about your 2018 gear. It's in our top 100 again um, of the world. Um, how, how do you feel about that and what makes it such a special wine? How long have you been making it? Well, uh, first of all, uh, this is, I, I think this is a, an amazing recognition. Uh, we are extremely proud and extremely happy because of the recognition of the wine. Being in the top 100 wines of the world is, a, I think, it's an honor. Uh, and being part of the of, of a fewer of just a, a small group of Chilean among them, uh, it is also something that makes us very happy. And and also what uh, makes us very happy as well is because we have. We believe in organic and biodynamic agriculture uh, as, some, uh, as something that uh, the most important thing about that is that give us the quality uh, of the wine that, that, that we want to, to produce. At the end, we see organic and biodynamic uh, agriculture, not just a way of producing in a natural way. Uh, we see it as something that give us better quality fruit, so at the end, better quality and unique wines. Uh, also, with all the positive impacts of this agriculture in terms of, uh, in terms of nature and of course, uh, the, uh, the people. And I'm talking about here specifically, uh, this is the first wine of Latin America of getting the, the Demeter certification, which is the certification of biodynamic uh, wines. And the first vintage we released of this wine was in 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has been a long time uh, understanding the, the farm, understanding the place where this wine come from. And, and I, like I told you before, uh, it is quite a, um, an honor for us that after uh, some years of producing this wine and believing, and believing him, have this kind of recognition yeah absolutely and has the so the first vintage was 2003 has it changed quite a bit since then was it always majority syrah how did you uh do you know how the the idea for the blend was started the grapes of this wine are growing a place called los robles estate in colchagua valley uh, and the, and the idea of this wine was to have the better uh, varieties of the place uh, and to make a blend of them. Um, the base have been always uh, uh, made of mainly Syrah, Cabernet and Carmenet. Uh, of course, the percentages and the, and the composition of the wine change uh, every vintage and depending on the climate and, and how the varieties were that specific year. Uh, but what most important, is most important about that, about it is that that the essence of the wine and the soul of the wine uh, is always the same. We aim to create 
the best wine with the better quality grapes and, and, and varieties of the place and try to represent what that a, a, a specific farm uh, delivered to us. And um, so actually we've been seeing a lot more of really great Syrah and other Rhone wines. Um, and I'm curious to hear your opinion as to why, why does it do so well in, um, I mean, in your vineyard specifically, why is it suited to the terroir and the climate um, and maybe across all of Chile as well, because it's such a, such a long country, but it seems to do well in yeah. regions. Yeah, I would say that that uh, and I'm going I'm going a little bit uh, back in the history and and I, and I will talk to you about also uh, about the cabernets and 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 the cabernet and the very and the most popular cabernets of Chile and why and why why and regarding one of your question why uh, now in Chile we are producing such as great sira or other or other Rome varieties instead of uh, well. Uh, also with the cavernness um, and that is why i wanted to go a little bit backward in the history and at the beginning of the end of the wine making industry in chile i would say that the first valley where where wine growers produce wines was maipo and maipo is very very well known for cavernness sauvignon uh, so most of the wineries and most of the wine make, of the winemakers grow cavernness sauvignons in maipo and probably uh, all of us wanted to be in that area because it was quite quite, uh, quite popular. But with the evolution of the industry and the more knowledge of uh, agricultural farmers of, and the more knowledge of uh, winemaking teams and, and, and in general the evolution of the industry, understanding better the climate of Chile, uh, understanding better the, the, the terrars, the soils typicity, and, and, and in general, all, all that is related to nature, uh, we have discovered that not all the areas uh, were ideally to grow that same variety. Mm. Uh, and that is why with the understanding of our farm specifically and, and understanding the climate and the, and the characteristic that the nature has in that place, we have discovered, and in all the, the Colchagua region, I, I would say, that uh, and that has a lot of similarities with the Mediterranean climate, and of course the Rome varieties uh, can grow in, in a much better way in that place. Uh, so I would say that why is because uh, we are understanding much better the places, uh, we are uh, studying much better about climate, about soils, and everything is getting much more uh, deeply understood. And I mean, I guess it's it's partly understanding the soils and and the terroir and climate. But uh, do you have an opinion as to whether you can make good, whether Syrah should be made as a single varietal or in a blend like you make it? And how does it express itself differently? I think well, I think that 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 will depend, uh, of course we have a if we have the conditions of of growing good syrah of course uh, there is a possibility mm. of of have good syrahs uh, in a in a unique uh, variety in a wine but uh, like i told you before 
uh, what we try to express in a wine, and, and, and I can talk only about ourselves, I can talk about other wineries and, and, and what they are doing in terms of winemaking. Uh, what we aim to do with this wine is trying to have a wine that represents a specific place. And, it, and if in that place we have different varieties, of course, uh, they are more, more than, than welcome. Um, and of course, uh, there is always an idea of making something more unique as well. Mm, for sure. And um, especially with being biodynamic, that's, that's a big part of who you are as a winery. Do you think um, that the biodynamic wine scene is growing in Chile? Are more producers catching on to it? Do you think it's important or just still a few producers? Yes, um, I, uh, I think that they think, well, I, first of all, I must say that, that the scene in Chile began, began a long time ago. Uh, in fact, Emiliana, was the pioneer and the first winery who started the transfer, uh, its transformation process in, was in 1998, so more than 20 years. And for that time, uh, the organic concept and, and especially the, the biodynamic concept, which was uh, much more com complex to understand it, was something very new. And like all, all new things, uh, it took time for people and for others to understand it. Uh, that they are definitely, and at least this is what, what we believe, the way to go. Not only because of the quality that we achieve today in our wines, uh, but also because of the positive, positive impact that this kind of agriculture have in the planet and, and, and in people. Mm. Uh, and, and about the Chilean industry, fortunately that uh, today there are many who have joined to this trend, which, well, uh, which we can no longer referred to it as a trend or something temporary because we really believe that this is something that is here to stay and that would only continue to evolve and incorporate more producers and followers around, around the world. Uh, because at the end, it's, it's quite simple. When somebody asks us why organic or why biodynamic, we, we, we answer them with more questions, why not? Why use chemicals? Why harm the planet? Why put people health in risk? Why not want better quality products? Uh, isn't isn't that makes most more more sense than 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 uh, farm in a more conventional, traditional, or or chemical way? Mm. And on the other hand, uh, related to the industry, um, it is also very important for us to 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 clarify that we believe in certifications. They are very essential for us and, and should be for everyone because they allow us, and this is something that have always uh, be part of, of our DNA, because they allow us to maintain our quality standards, uh, build trust and credibility in the people who choose us and, and validate internally our processes. So yeah. at the end, uh, certifications uh, shows, show that what we do and our products are real. Uh, and especially today in a world where marketing and communications are, are powerful tools. Uh, and we, we are seeing a lot of producers, and I'm not talking just about wine, I'm talking about the whole food industry. Are, we see organic, organic, biodynamic, and everything. Are, uh, so our concern when, when somebody is not into the certification process, 
that this is, could be something simply for, for a trend or a commercial interest rather than doing it for real and in a proper way. Uh, we see organic and biodynamic more than a philosophy that teaches us how to do things better in the world, uh, thinking not about our, our, uh, just ourselves, also in the planet and others. Completely. And is it, is it difficult to get the certification or not? Yes. And that, and, and, and that I think it's one of the biggest bar, uh, obstacles of, 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 of these processes. Besides, it is not cheap. You have to, to, you have to, and all the countries, and, and, and this is something that also it's, it's quite uh, difficult. In Emiliana, we have a team specifically that it's um, in charge of all the certifications for the different markets, because there is no one certification for all the world. So for Brazil, we have to have their own certification. If for the US, another one. For Chile, another one. For Europe, another one. So there are a lot of, uh, during the year, and for, for China, another one. And, and, and as all the world behaves in different ways. Uh, so every year, uh, they, they come to us to see how, we're, how we are doing things. Mm. Uh, and and that is the way that they certificate. Mm. So it's something that it's every year, and we have to prove, and we have to show tests, and we have to 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 measure everything. They said, okay, we are still organic. We're that is why I told you before that it's that it's also like a quality control because okay. uh, every year uh, they came to us and they see how are we doing things, and we can see if we have. Uh, things that are going better and things that are going worse so we can we can fix them so do you think it's more difficult for smaller producers it's more of a barrier yes i would say that it's a barrier but at the beginning always uh, and that is uh, also one of the reasons uh, we believe that at the end it's a good barrier in a way because you have to believe in it you have to believe in organic. You have to believe uh, in the in the in the quality and all the positive in, impact behind it. Uh, and if you believe it, you will be more than happy to cross that uh, obstacles or that barriers. Just thinking about the future of the wine scene in Chile in general. Um, I mean, we see a lot of great value wines. How, how do you think, what do you think the next step is for producers in Chile if they want to really make really great wines that can compete with the best in the world? I think the future of Chile is trying to step away a little bit from the, from the lower cost or, or, or the cheap wines. Yeah. So trying to premiumize uh, and, and, and really show what we can offer in terms of quality to the world because uh, we and, re and I really think that Chile has a tremendous potential and we can and every year we can see how wines I don't know maybe uh, 10, 10 years ago uh, it was we never thought that we were going to be in the top 100 wines mm. uh, so af after that after some years and working uh, in a way that we do uh, we see it so that is a that is a that is a sign that we can do it and if we can do it everybody can do it as well um, so 
Yes, one of the things that Chile uh, should, I think Chile will, Chile will show the quality in the future and, and, and Chile will be seen as a country of great quality wines, uh, more than probably what uh, the image that, that Chile has, in, has been had in, in, in the past years about cheap wines and, and lower cost. Um, that is from, from one side. Then from, from, another, from another point of view, and in terms of winemaking, I think I could say that at the end, everything is related to respect as much as, as you can nature. Work with it and not against it. Um, so I think winemakers must understand where, where, where they are, uh, know the different soils in the vineyard, understand the climate in this specific region where they are, trying to go from a wider view to a more specific one, uh, which hillside, which Piemont, the orientations, uh, which varieties are the varieties that make sense for them, uh, and also to the place to grow. Uh, grapes should be treated in a very delicacy and detailed way to extract their essence and respecting their, their individuality. And I think if we can mix that with the with the quality potential that that, that has Chile, mm. I think the future of the winemaking industry uh, and the winemaking uh, of Chile for the world it's more than amazing. So I, I mean I, I agree with you that if that there's tremendous potential uh, in the soils and everything, and if winemakers were to pursue that and get to know their terroir better, they could make really great wines, but do you think a lot of producers are still driven by the market, by making more wines at higher volume and uh, lower cost? Because they have to want to make that step, right? They have to want to make that investment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, and, and I totally agree with that. But I think that is what is happening right now is that uh, consumers are changing. So the, the world, will start to demand and will start to ask for better quality wines. Probably 10 or 20 years ago, when the world didn't have too much knowledge about it, of course, the, the, the lower cost, the cheap wine, the more accessible products were the way to go. But today, and we can see it in the different markets where, where we are, uh, more and more, and we can see it in a specific way about, our, about what we do in terms of organic, 20 years ago, nobody wanted organic wines. Nobody uh, knew what, what they were. And now uh, we are growing and we have recent, we recently have the best years in, uh, in the history for, for us in terms of sales. So at the end, I think, yes, it would be, it, it's gonna be a transition. And that transition will be driven because consumers in the different markets will start to uh, demand this type of wine, better quality, uh, not the cheap wines. And I think the big companies, the or bigger or smaller, it doesn't matter that they, they are uh, very stick to the lower cost, massive production and everything, will start to understand it and, and, and change uh, that model. Just a, a couple of final questions. Um, of course. Are, are you... Are you worried about climate change in your region? And do you think being organic and biodynamic will help with that? Or does it not, does it not? 
I cannot say that uh, organic and biodynamic agriculture will, will save us for, uh, from, from the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we, as an, in, in Emiliana, we definitely believe that this is real and this is happening and we can see it in, 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 in different parts of the world. And of course, and we, and we can see it also in, in our vineyards. But what is uh, more important for us and, and I'm going to tell you about a specific example. Uh, a couple of years ago, or maybe I think it was last year, we had a we had a frost, and 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 all the all the all the the region was very affected by it, uh, and that was very impressive for us because we we saw that in our vineyard, of course, it got affected, but it it was not so affected as the others. So we think in that way, uh, when we produce organic and biodynamic, and and when we when we work with nature, at the end our plants, uh, our our vines, and, and 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 the grapes are more resilient to the different uh, impacts that the change of the weather could have on them. Of course, uh, we got affected, but not not as much as the others. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that that is something uh, that when we ex when we experienced it uh, was something very important for us because it was a proof that what we are doing makes a lot of sense specifically for what is happening in terms of climate. Back to okay. uh, wh where does the name come from? I'm just curious. So he comes from the Latin root uh, of earth and it, when we create this label and this brand, it was uh, it was something to honor the earth because uh, biodynamic and organic are very related to it. So uh, we thought it was uh, a great name that makes a lot of sense of, especially of the characteristic of, of the wine. Mm. Uh, I really like that. It's great. Um, and the wine itself. Oh, thank you. It's, it's thank you. Thank wine. you. Thank you very much. <laughs>